Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name is Justin. In a minute, I'll be joined by my friends Dan and Jake. If this is your first time listening, we are three dads who like to talk about what God is like as a dad and then try to be more like him when we're parenting our kids. Today's show is a little different, though. We essentially sat down to talk, and I realized that I was kind of going through some stuff that I really wanted to talk with them about. And so we just talked about kind of my problems and how I can be a better person. It's really my belief that the best thing we can do to become better parents is just to become better people, to become more like God. And so sometimes I think in a parenting podcast, it's appropriate to just talk about improving yourself as a person. It's not always about the way you treat your kids or the decisions you make in terms of raising them that determines whether you're a good parent. A lot of times I think what it comes down to is how whole, healthy, happy, and connected to God are you as a person that determines how well you can parent your kids. And right now I have this thing going on in my life that I feel like is making me a worse parent, a worse husband, and it's just really messing with me internally, and I'm really struggling. And so I wanted to talk with them about it and share that conversation with you. Because we never have, and I, I guess I hope never will, try to position ourselves as authorities or experts on this parenting thing. Pretty much we're just trying to become better parents ourselves and letting people listen on that journey. And so unsurprisingly, that journey is, I think, filled for everyone with struggles and trials. And it made sense to me that if we're going to talk about the things that we feel like we're doing well in, things that we know some stuff about, it would make a lot of sense to have a genuine conversation about something that is not really going very well at all and be open and honest about how we navigate it. If you'd like a little context, it would be probably helpful to go back if you haven't and listen to episode 21, which is titled Life is Scary. But other than that, I think we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. So hope you enjoy it. Hope you get something out of it. Let's roll. So what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've been way off, way off my, way off my podcast game the last two months because of the whole hernia surgery health problems has really messed with me. In terms of like, it's pretty much sapped any extra energy I have for other stuff. Do you feel like it's more physical or like mental, emotional energy? No, it's all, yeah, it's all mental, emotional. Yeah. All Essentially, I'm just really, really serious about getting to the place of, so you know, like all the cliches in life about living as if you know you're going to die and appreciating what you have before it's gone and understanding that you can't take anything in this life with you and have, having a very long-term or like the life is finite kind of eternal mindset or perspective. People talk about that like it's it's a good idea to keep everything in that perspective. Yeah. And it is. Uh, (laughs) It is. But I guess I'm just realizing how much I I like. I like my life uh, and I want to be alive and I want my life to continue. You know, like living every day as if as if it could be your last or whatever is like sounds like sounds like really good advice. And I think it I think it probably is. But if you live in the reality that every day might be your last, then it's also kind of like, if you're not really sure about, I get, yeah, okay. I guess it's causing me to, it's just actually testing whether or not I actually believe what I say I believe about heaven, what I actually believe about eternity, whether or not I actually believe what I say I believe about the goodness of God, whether or not I actually believe what I say, what I, say I believe about if only God is enough for me, for me to be happy. If really my circumstances and really the situation I'm in is not where I'm finding my joy day to day. Really, if my hope, if the hope that I live every day with is actually coming from the character of God, the work of Jesus, the person, the Holy Spirit, 
and just living in those things every day. Very much, I mean, this is what I think the classic idea, it's not, not new or unique at all, but it's what everybody, I think what everybody goes through is you realize, oh, actually there's like just all these other things that I have hope in, things that I find comfort in, things that I look to in my life to satisfy me, to make me happy, that I take delight in every day. To have some of them taken away, but then more so to imagine not having them or something in the future is, it's just doing the classic thing to me where I'm like, it's staring me in the face that I like don't actually believe all the stuff that I say I believe. And I'm taking that very seriously (laughs) and trying to correct it. But I'm still stuck with the classic problem of I don't actually know how to change fundamentally as a person. I don't actually know like truly what, what process to go through. If I clearly see a problem that I want to change, I don't exactly know what to do to actually change it. And so I see all these things like I, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person. And so I, I like the world. I enjoy the world. I take delight in it. I find comfort and safety and security in things in the world, in relationships, in people, in accomplishments, in assets, in all this stuff. And I would really like to be a person that finds all that in God, 100% of it. But I am clearly not there. I would clearly like to be, and I see the value of it and the importance of it, but I just don't know how to do it, genuinely. You know, you can see, like, I really want to be that way. I really want God to be my everything. I really want to wake up every day full of hope for the future because God's with me and just have nothing nothing be able to shake me, nothing be able to affect me in any way. I really want to be so filled up with him, no matter what's happening to me, that I can genuinely just care about other people purely care about them because I'm, I'm as full as I could ever be because God's with me. He's in me. He's giving me everything I need. And I, I'm just not any of those things, <laughs> you know, like I've tried, I've obviously tried to be like them in the past because that's the, you know, the whole goal. But now I'm trying every day because I'm unsatisfied every day. And I know like I'm not finding satisfaction in other things because you know like pain and uncertainty and fear it dulls i think my ability to become be satisfied by the world right so whatever my pain and the thing i'm going through is it's really not that hard like it's not that big of a deal in in the grand Mm -hmm. scheme of it's not i'm not trying to be dramatic in terms of the actual thing that's happening it's mostly what's going on in my head because of this thing do you feel like that has been amplified because you're in another culture too i'm sure i'm sure that's a lot of it I'm sure it's partly another culture. I'm sure most of it has to do with, though, that we don't feel like we have support structures around us to, like, lean on. Yeah. Like a community, like family, like close friends. So we really don't feel taken care of by any, by any person, you know, which has really been good for me to realize because I've always been a person that's tried to be really independent and tried to think of myself as someone who doesn't need somebody. At a certain level, but I, I would also say you're... You are very much a catalyst for community. Sure. I like it, but I never want to need it. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would say that if you made them be honest. You think so? It, like, everyone likes the idea of community, but, yeah. you know, to actually say, hey, I need you. I, I, like, need to rely on you right now. Yeah, that that's hard. Yep. Yeah, tell that to my bio two group members <laughs> i would love you to do the third of the work that you're assigned that would be right. that would be phenomenal <laughs> the leeching the leeching <laughs> off of you i will say i've got one good member it's funny yeah that's one oh. that's one thing that i've i've realized through it is that i actually do need people and that there are some pretty big consequences to being not supported by other humans 
So, like, what level of support, yeah, what would that look like to have the support that you need right now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that it would actually be, like, people doing things. Right. I think it just is the feeling of, like, just the feeling of people around you that care about you. You just said if you know it, you know if you needed them to do something, they would. But it's not even about the, I don't even think it really is about, the, like, the service side of it. It's more mm-hmm. about the emotional support, I think. Yeah. And the feeling of security that comes from like, oh, oh, just like talking with someone. I mean, yeah, that's good. I, I'm even, I'm even, you know, not even including that, I guess, in it technically. Wow. Just, just the feel, <laughs> just the feel, just, just the just feeling. Not even a full human, and not even their voice. He just wants the, <laughs> the, the, the vapor of them walking past. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want any of those things. I'm saying that, that to me, that's not what it feels like. Mm. I'm in desperate need of. Right. Because the thing is, like, I am talking, like, I talk with you guys about it, and I talk, we, I, we talk with our families once every, every week. I talk with Nicole about it a lot. It's not that I feel like I have a need to, like, verbally process it or whatever. It's weird, man. I don't know. It's this, uh, like, I'm saying it's, it's deeper and it's actually more profound than someone to actually do something for me. Yeah. It's like, I just feel like I need people in my life. Like, wow. just people. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think there's anything holding you back, or is it just the unknown at this point? Holding me back from what? Feeling full in God all the time. Yeah, I think it comes down to he's not an ever, he's not a, a person, like a real person. He is more of a construct, yeah, that I have opted into agreeing with about the universe. But I think, yeah, what I, what I, what I want more than anything, I think, and what, what I've been pr- uh, praying a lot for is yeah for him to become more than an idea to me experiences mm. i want real experiences i don't want tr- i don't want to know the truth of god i want to know god and i don't want to know him like mm. like i like i know you know i, 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 I use this cliche yeah. language used all the time i don't want to know about him i want to know him right my interactions with him are not tangible powerful i guess yeah yeah, yeah. Well, like I would like them to be. Right. I think I've been pretty much okay with like that's not been a huge deal. I, it's, it's classic. Like when you go through hard things, you need more of God. And so, God was like really, really real to the people in Acts, the yeah. first believers. Like He was really, really real, and it it showed because <laughs> because of how differently they they lived their life. They lived so many of their days looking, waiting for Him, like looking for His direction, like expecting things from Him. He was a vital part of every day that they lived. Yeah, in, in a way that I don't, that I don't, and have never even sought after. I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. I guess my my attitude is, if if I want to change the way that I feel, the way that I act, the way that I behave, the choices that I make in a situation, then I think that I have to that God has to become more real to me than even the situation that I'm in, than even right. like the world around me. You know, it has to like usurp the reality of this world. But this world's like really, really real. Like it is absolutely definitely real you know <laughs> and god does not feel that real to me not like not not continually mm-hmm. you know there are moments there are times that, that i get there sure uh, but it's not this kind of continual god is as real as everything i see and feel in my day what has made those moments real yeah i mean essentially i the most helpful thing is to realize how <laughs> how hopeless everything is in the entire world mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like well yeah once 
as I'm growing in my understanding of how truly empty and forgettable <laughs> and unreliable anything and everything is in the entire world around me, it's very motivating. It's very motivating, I would, I would say. Yeah. Uh, for me to realize, yeah, the futility of, of life in the world, yeah. I guess. Because what you're saying is what you hear from the, the pastor He's like, oh, man. And then I just had a, had a season in my life where it was so hard and so difficult. And I just pressed into God more. And I realized that he was the only thing that could satisfy, you know, like we always mm-hmm. hear about yep. those people, <laughs> uh, about people being in those type of seasons. And I feel like the way that we reflect on them does not do justice or does not give answers or a paradigm <laughs> of how to actually handle it while you're in that season. Yeah. Um, right. it, it's like, well, just know, just believe that you'll look back on it and you'll realize that you learned a lot from it. Sure. Yep. I, I feel like that's yes. the, that's the only thing that people know how to say to, to someone yes. who's in your position or, or mm-hmm. really any of us. Because I think right. if we were all honest, uh, we would all say that we're in probably closer to where you're at than than closer to like the Acts Church, right? And so, yeah, sure. I, I man, why so. aren't we? Why why are we yeah. relying too much on the world rather than God? So I don't know. I I like that you are being honest and being open and being vulnerable about it because I feel like. You just don't hear it in the moment. You know, you always hear it after. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, um, I don't have an answer (laughs) for you. I'm just sort of, yeah, it's it's fascinating that even as believers, as a community, we don't have a good answer for this situation. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's the, if if you see something in your life that you don't like, just what do you do? Like, what's actually the prescription to change? And I feel like the church right now has three answers. It's like read read a book, whether it's the Bible or some other Christian book that is good, you know. Listen to someone someone who knows more than you talk about it. Just listen to a pastor or somebody preach, you know, which those are kind of the same things. Just learn from people. And then the third one would be like get around people that that are the way that you want to be. You know, surround yourself with people that are like what you want to be like. So they're not... Um, I don't know. It's you know, there's this seems like something's missing from that. Right. Like in terms of just people seeing like profound and radical changes in their lives um all the time. I mean, obviously it's happening plenty, you know, plenty, but it's also like just because you read something doesn't mean it changes you. You know, just because you hear somebody say something doesn't mean it changes you. Just because you get around people doesn't mean it changes you. Like something else happens. And I'd love to be able to zero in on what that is that happens when I when I've changed or when people change and then kind of facilitate that more often i guess mm-hmm. i'm like running this wall where i'm like i'm actually kind of unable to do it you know <laughs> and i get the whole like i get the whole god sanctifies us and you know we have to trust in him and so i'm like trying to do that i'm trying to be like okay god like i'll trust you then you know like i'll just change me you know and then it's not like it doesn't <laughs> it's not happening right. so yeah i just feel like there's something else that i'm missing a bit, a bit. <laughs> man but, that, but that's a whole nother podcast right there sure yeah yeah <laughs> But no, I, yeah. I, I like your I like your point, Jake. That I wonder sometimes how much of the stories that I that you hear of people going through dark times or going through hard stuff is is like they lean on God during it, but then eventually the, the thing just time runs out on the season, you know, and they just 
you know, either God takes them out of it or they just, they have a good break, something goes their way and then they get out of it. And what I'm hoping for is kind of the deliverance. I, I want, I really want to feel like a deliverance in my soul before, mm. bef- before I, before like the situation changes, you know? Right. Like obviously if the situation changed and I felt better and everything was fine, uh, then I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, thank you, God, you know? And that's one way of God delivering you. And I think he does that for people. But I think he sometimes does it out of mercy, even before perhaps he's done it to me before in life, before I've learned the lesson I think that I that I could have, before I've like changed in the ways that I could have. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, if I was to wake up tomorrow, let's say, and I had no more physical problems at all, and I was like as healthy as I've ever been, and even more so, I would probably talk about the situation the same way those people had, but I would know that kind of deep down, I didn't quite conquer. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And, but I would talk about it as if like, you know, I, I knew God a lot. And I do, I, I do know him a lot deeper. I, I do, you know, I, I am changed in, in some ways. But I don't feel like I've won yet. I don't feel like, I don't feel like God has won mm. kind mm-hmm. of in, yeah. in a really like profound way inside of my heart. Sure. Uh, yeah, because I feel like those are two different things too. Of just the natural growth that we go in with God. And that not every day. If you're a kid growing up, you're not measuring your height every day. You know, you're not like, right. oh man, look how much I'm growing. You do that in like six months, yearly, you know, increments where you can say, oh, look how far, look how far I've like physically grown right now. And yeah. so it's, it's interesting that when we're in a season like that, uh, we're not natu- naturally equipped to be that self analytical either yeah. um, i'm just saying like oh god i really want like today i need the breakthrough you know yep. or today i need to know actually what how i'm growing that i've grown uh because uh, yeah i don't think we just naturally do that it's it's after yeah maybe maybe i'm i'm discrediting the the whole like after the fact stories but i don't know maybe in a way that is how we're just naturally wired to. And that yeah. it, it, it does get, it could get pretty exhausting to just be anticipating a breakthrough day after day. It's just hard to track uh, personal growth in that way. Yeah, I, I don't know if what I'm hoping for is like a little loftier than is right. reasonable or something. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it might be. I. I just know it's possible to live your life in this kind of unshakable hope, unshakable joy, unshakable security just because God is who he says he is, you know? And he's like real, the realest thing in your life. So my answer to this question, I think, is always like, whenever I've seen change like this in my life, I've always been holding something too tight. I don't think I've ever had a Mm. scenario like this where I haven't had something that I've been unwilling to let go. Yep. So you don't feel like you have any of those things. You just feel like you need God to show up. Nope. I would not say that. I would say okay. that I feel like I've let go of three, at least three major things already. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like I'm finding like tons of them. And at this point I'm kind of like, each time I feel like I, I get to some, like something then I'm like, Oh, maybe that's the thing that's holding me back. And then it's, a couple of days later, I'll just start worrying. You know, I'll start worrying again. Mm-hmm. I'll start losing my peace or whatever. So I think you're totally right. I mean, I, and I think that those, the things that I've let go of, 
are really, really important. And I feel like they're really key to me being a better person and being way more mature and growing and being happier and caring about people more and being the type of person I'm supposed to be. But maybe there's just another one. To me, it feels like from just what you've said, it seems like security is the thing. Yeah, I don't want to die. So like, are you guys okay with dying? I, I really don't want to die. I'm like, I'm just not super cool with, like if I was to die, I'm not, I'm just not cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, may, yeah, maybe that's what I need to give up because I, I like my family too much. I can't, I, I just cannot, I, I can't see a, a place where that would be right now. At least I could see that as being a good thing. I can't see yeah. that being a thing God would ask of me, genuinely. As a 30 year old father of three, I just am like, yeah, I, I can't, I don't want to die. That's right. Are, that's are you having more issues than the hernia? No, not, I mean, not, well, I mean, so the, so like, I was like, you, you can talk to us about it. No, no. It just like the, like, it's really not that serious. It really, it really genuinely isn't. Like, the thing is that it's not a big deal, but what it's doing to me is it, it's showing me, it's, it's sort of like pulling back the, all of the false, the false things I put my hope in or my security in. And I'm, I'm actually just asking the question, like, sort of realizing, oh, but I could die. Like, even if nothing's wrong with me now and it's not serious, but in a year, I could find out something else is wrong with me. I could have a tumor growing inside of my brain right now. You know, I could die in a car crash three weeks from now. It just can happen. You know, <laughs> like life yeah. is not, life's uncertain. Life is, uh, life is fragile. Yes. Life is. And so like, just, this... just going through this is exposing me to that reality of the world that I've kind of not really thought about so i had that thought yesterday i was driving and i was like i was on this two-lane highway and i was going 60 and there's obviously cars going past me and i'm like i'm entrusting my life to complete strangers while we're driving 120 miles together you know like i feel like i should be more worried about dying at any given (laughs) point in the day like i kind of get more so where people who are anxious about death, why worry warts exist? Because I'm like, yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. like, any number of things could just, I could fall down the steps, the elevator could break, you know, like the rope could snap oh that I'm yeah. climbing with. I could have a heart attack. And there's nothing you can do to prevent it. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's just like the tide of water coming in. Like, it's just going to happen. And you can't stop. So I, I understand I've been thinking and then watching Grace and Frankie. <laughs> Grace and Frankie. You? No, but I know, um, the, I know the premise. So yeah. yeah, There's a lot of retrospection in the show about death because they're all old. It's pretty profound in that like, I've just never seen a show where death is such a constant theme in it mm. and how, yeah. how often people return to that place of like wrestling with their own death or things they've done in their life because they're all like 70 to 85 or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant, it's you know, like they've got friends dying or going into nursing homes or somebody has a heart attack or yeah, it's like a very, very constant theme. I feel you. I just feel you on the death. Yeah. yeah. Death thing. I warble, I think on it. And I think since having a family, it's been harder for me to think that it's okay or like a good thing uh, because it's like they would be all right. Like they would be supported and taken care of and whatever. But like to grow up without a dad, to like have that piece missing, 
is like something that I'm like, oh, that's or you know, to like have Anna assume all the burden raising them. Yeah, brutal. And it's definitely not as much about me in this scenario as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's much more about the effect that it will have on have on others. But there is also like the unknown that scare that is scary a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I would say like I don't know if I'll ever be I don't know if I will ever be at the place. It'd be awesome to be at the place that you're saying like 100% all the time. But yeah. I feel like I'm usually at like 90. You know, and then there's like that 10% of like nobody in my life can like prove anything about the afterlife. Like there's no proof sure. available. And so like it's a faith depending on your definition of faith or hope being certain of the things that you cannot see. I don't know how to get to that place i can get to like the place where i'm i'm okay making the bet but the mm-hmm. it's still like <laughs> a, bit of a gamble i haven't met anybody personally maybe i have and we just haven't had this conversation but i haven't met anybody personally who's been there right i don't i don't know if i've ever met anybody and i don't even know if you'd talk with the people in acts you know thomas the disciples like mm-hmm. everybody Oh yeah, like has the same opponent <laughs> and has the same and I have never met anybody who's like there who has arrived. And there's part of me that thinks like this is like being okay with that. I'm 90, I I trust you. I don't know if I will ever get to the place of like being certain like what you're talking about. You you don't expect you'll get to the 100? Yeah. Mm. I don't know cuz like I mean even if reading like Reading biographies of people, like Brother Yoon's, he talks a lot about why he ended up in prison or why, why different things occurred in his life. And he would attribute, I think, a lot of it to unfaith and not having the capacity or willingness to fully surrender. And I think it's interesting because, like, each time... He leaves an experience. I would say that he he had reached another level of faith, but then he's given more responsibility, or he's given more gifts, or he's given more than mm. he needs to let go of. I think it will probably always be a question for me, not necessarily because of like faith, but right. because of just like the nature of growth. Yeah, and makes sense. I feel like that's got to be the thing then. Yeah, for, you think so? If you to let go of. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, you you were pretty quick on the draw. <laughs> you know, like, you said, like, ah, I've given up a couple things that I think might. And then, like, when pressed, you know, you <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, like, yeah. knew that, like. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I've, I've been, yeah. I've, so the problem that I, the, the, where I'm stuck right now is that, like, the other things that I've been asked, that I feel like he's asked me to give up or surrender, let go of, have been a lot easier because I'm sure I can tell that they're bad. They're bad things. My desire to be independent or my dependence on my physical health and my, or just like my selfishness, just just like me wanting the things that I want. I can just see really clearly how those things are wrong and bad and not something that are good, helpful, righteous 
or even I can see that fundamentally those are not things that make my life better, actually, that make that are good for me, you know, or good for the world. But where I'm stuck right now with the dying thing is I don't know how God feels about it, I think is, is the big, a big problem for me. I don't know that God's actually asking me to give it up. That's what I can't decide. Because I don't know that he wants me to be like, yeah, you should be okay with not being alive anymore. Because I'm not, I don't know that I totally believe or I'm sure that he mm. would say it would be good for you to be dead. Right. It feels weird to me. Like if I'm not sure what he thinks about it, then I'm not, I'm not going to like try to talk myself into being okay with something that he might not even be okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's just a theological question, right? There's like, does God want me to die? Does God want people to die? Does God kill people? Does God take, take life? If I get sick and die, is that God's doing or is that something else? That whole, you know, more moral theological question. And I'm not, I'm not settled in the place where I think that like, yes, there, there is a situation where God would say, I'm taking your life at the age of 30 and that's a good thing. And that's something that I want you to be okay with because I've said that's, that's good. I'm not there. I'm not sure that I'm supposed to, <laughs> to be. That's not something that yeah. I'm hanging on to because of my selfishness. It's something that I'm not convinced by theologically that I'm supposed to be there. Well, no. I mean, I would argue yeah. like, I would argue that it's bad for you to die right now. It'd be bad sure. for Nicole and bad for your kids and bad for yeah. humanity. <laughs> It'd be ba- it would be a bad thing. Sure. And I don't think that it would be like a God-ordained you know, like event, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I guess it's good time to go kill Justin now, or, you know, got to check that one off the list. <laughs> <laughs> but like the question would be, I think like with the reality is like, can you trust that it's okay and that he's good, even though something bad happens? Because like, I think, if you were to see your death as like a personification or extension of God's character, I think then it would be harder. Like the fact that like racism is like prevalent and that it has been prevalent is like, Mm -hmm. sure. No, like that's a, that's a bad thing. And that's why people stand up and, and say things against it and act because they know God's heart even though these things are occurring. So like right. standing up at like against death or against the reality and being okay, regardless of like what yeah. I would say that would be my like theological position on it is like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, death is bad. God thinks death is bad. Uh, yeah. So my question for you guys, because I think, I think we, we can try to think about what, like what what would God even say about us having this type of conversation? Like like I was thinking about that, like what would God say to us if we were we were just saying is it okay for us to be okay with death? <laughs> you know, should we accept that? Uh mm-hmm. is it a good thing? And so if I was trying I was trying to think what I would say if I was trying to have that conversation with Elliot, if he came up to me and said, Dad. Right. I learned that when we die, we go to heaven. Is it okay for me to die? Like, should, like is death good? Because then sure. I get to be with God. And what type of conversation would then come come out of that question? But yeah, like, how do you, how do you guys explain death uh, to your kids? 
Because I, I, I think that would be an element of, of how God would then respond to us when, when we're asking him about death. Yeah. It's probably something I need to put more thought into. Whoa! Justin saying, not going shooting from the hip. Wow. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's probably something I need to put more thought into. James is, James is starting to ask more a little bit about death. He's six plus and... You know, we talk about it a little bit, and all all we say is that, yeah, I mean, people die, they go be with God, and it's really sad when they die, because then we don't, you know, because we because we think God wants them to be alive, and we don't think God wants people to die, and we're really sad about it. But you know, at the end, it's it's good, uh, you know, or it's at the end that, that that's why we're so thankful for Jesus. That's why we're so thankful for what He did, because He He won against death. So that's yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much all we. That's where we leave it right yeah. now. Is it's sad, but Jesus won, so it's not as sad as it as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so if God gave you that answer, what would you be? What what would you say to God if He gave you that answer? Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, that's a great answer, God. Um, <laughs> again, the the thing that I oh first of all. Dan, do you have any do you have any additional thoughts about what you would say to your kids? No, not really. So I would say I struggle with that answer. What I already said, like I don't live my life in that reality a lot. The like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not living in this ever present reality that heaven actually is something that's coming because I'm either at ninety ten where Dan is or less, you know, than what he is or whatever of my day of my soul is like it has that hope. When, like, when Paul writes and he's saying, like, it's better that I depart so I can be with Christ, I get that in theory, I get that in principle, but it's not really truly like deep there in my soul where I actually could say that and and be really yeah. honestly say like, yeah, that it is better. No, it's like no, it's not, not not really, not for me. I'm sure it is better, but it's not not really better for me. And if heaven is and God Himself is as real as as my everyday life, then I think I would be in that place where Paul is, where he's saying like. I'll stick around if it's okay, if you want me to for other people, but for me, I'd rather just go. Paul wasn't married, I guess. Uh, he didn't have kids, so that's a little different. But that's I, th- I think that's why he was able to say that is because he it was real to him, man. I don't know, like you know, Jesus knocked him off a horse and or donkey or whatever and blinded him for three days and then spoke to him and seemed to be you know doing some pretty pretty real stuff in his life constantly, where God was like just real, man. Like it was as real as his breakfast, you know, was God moving in his life and doing things around him and causing real change to happen and getting bit by snakes and getting shipwrecked and all that stuff. Healing people left and right. The heaven thing is just not like it's, I know it's real. I believe it, but it's not something that I'm walking my, around every day. That's like a, a genuine part of my life, mm-hmm. a genuine part of my daily universe as I see the world constantly. My other thought now is like, so you know what you need to work on, right? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you, you know, you've got some problem with death <laughs> and you know, all of your beliefs about it that are good and that are right. And what I'm about to say is not fake it till you make it. Cause I don't really, <laughs> I don't really think I, I don't, I don't do that, but then just all they were doing, like all the people in acts were doing was like, depending on God. Right. Like that's like they. And they were depending on him because they didn't know a lot of things about him. They didn't know, like, what was going to happen next. And they were, like, looking to him 
for the answers for where should the church go? What should we do in this? Like, we just got rated, whatever it is. Like, they're depending on God because there's a need for God in their lives. And then when God responded, it was real because they were giving things to God of consequence. You say you're looking for the reality of God, but what you're looking for is a manifestation of God that feels real to you versus what it means for God to be real in your life. And so, like, regardless of whether or not he manifests a plane crash for you and you live on some island, (laughs) I don't know, whatever it is, you're flying to whatever, you know, like, whatever it is for you to, like, the equivalent of being, like, struck blind, your reality is no less real than, like, Paul's, but your perception of it feels that way, right? But, like, I would say you pursuing him, like, and not being able to fall asleep because you want to know God more is, like, just as real. Like, that's the same thing in a different timeline. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I just think where I'm stuck is, like, I hear that. I can totally see why that's, I totally, I was totally agree. (laughs) But when, like, the rubber meets the road, and I'm actually, like, faced with my true and genuine beliefs about about a situation. uh, What I don't want to say in my rambling is... This isn't important and like, don't go after it. Because I feel like that could be like one way that what I've said is to be interpreted. You can chill. My thing is like, I think you can chill out about it and not worry that you're not. Yeah, that's good advice. What I do and have done is try to control things. Try to control my life. Control things around me. What, What I hear you saying to me is you're also trying to do that to God or to your experience with God or to your growth with God, to your relationship with him. And that's not really how relationships work with humans. And it's definitely not how it works with God. (laughs) Yeah, but he gets the same autonomy that humans do. And you don't get to control and manage your human relationships as much as I might try. And I also don't get to do that with God. Even even less so, you could could argue, since he's the supreme being of the universe. (laughs) Yeah, I, I would say it's, yeah, I would say it sounds very similar to what I've tried to do with a number of different things in my life and a number of different people in my life, which makes a lot of sense. Yep. That's pretty big. It's pretty important. <laughs> well, that was good. I mean, that was good for me. It's helpful. I think mm. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how I sleep tonight. And then I'll, uh, wow. I'll, I'll report, I'll report, <laughs> report on how therapeutic. Oh was. man. Uh, Jake, do you still sleep as easily as you did? In your early twenties, like apart from having a oh eighteen month old or twenty month old, yeah, <laughs> it takes me longer to go to sleep and I wake up earlier. It annoys. I feel like I wake up more in the middle of the night because I'm uncomfortable. I also feel like it's probably like my arms are starting to do funky things a little bit with climbing. So oh, yeah, I, I, I get because of that sometimes. Yeah, cramp up strategy. a little bit. I just wake up and they're numb, or like yeah. I wake up and my my <laughs> shoulders like sore. Oh, Dano. Keep not working out, Jake. That's the moral of the story, I think. Yeah. Just don't exercise. <laughs> it's a bad idea. 
Uh, That's oh. a bad idea. Sweet, man. Thanks for talking. That was love helpful. It. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for your openness. I love that. Uh, something I have to give up, so. Yeah. <laughs> <Another>. <laughs> have a good night. Good Get some sleep. Yes, see we'll see you. That's it for us. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or wherever you like to on social media. I said it last week, I think. I'll say it again. We have really enjoyed connecting with different parents from around the world uh, and engaging with them around the topic of parenting. So if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, and uh, especially if you disagree with us, we'd love to hear from you. We love connecting with different people, hearing different ideas about parenting. It's been really fun for us and honestly one of the only positive ways that social media has influenced our life. So please do that if you'd like. That would be fun for us. Otherwise, we'll see you again back here next week.